0: WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is Impact's one-hour discussion of news, events, and organizations within MSU's community. And now, this week's Exposure. everybody, it's Stephanie, your host of Exposure. Today, I get the opportunity to talk to some people here on the phone for an interview about Theater of War Productions. They're going to be presenting Prometheus in Prison. It's going to be a dramatic reading at the Wharton here on Wednesday. So, first up, we have Brian Delores, and he is the founder and director of Theater of War Productions. But just a little background, Prometheus is someone, I guess more of like a god in Greek mythology, who stole fire from Zeus and gave it to the humans. And so as a punishment, Zeus decided to chain her to a rock for the rest of eternity. So we're going to see how they like to apply this old classic story to our lives today. And so that's basically the premise of what we're going to be talking about today. Well, to get started, I just figured it'd be awesome if you would open up and just talk about like the beginnings of the Theater of War Productions. Like how did you set that up and how did it get started?
1: So Theater of War Productions has been around for close to 10 years. um, And we're a social impact theater company that uses live theater as a catalyst and tool for framing really important and powerful conversations about difficult Uh, sometimes taboo and divisive subjects. Um, we have 25 projects. Um, but our first project was for the U S military called theater of war that presented ancient Greek war plays for contemporary military audiences as a way of, um, opening up discussions about PTSD and suicide and the impact of war on families. And, um, actually the military led us to prison, um, which is um, the subject, uh, the correction system is the subject of the project we're bringing to Michigan State. Um, the idea behind our work is really simple: um, by using these ancient texts uh, and the, and sort of using the distance of time, we create brave, permissive spaces where people can grapple with, um, you know, hard hard conversations without feeling accused. Um, and a lot yeah, of our work sure. takes place in you know, urban settings and and also in the middle of America and uh, internationally. Um, So Theater of War was born in 2008 um, with a series of performances of ancient Greek plays from Marines, but soon thereafter um, we developed this project, Prometheus in Prison, which we started performing in supermax uh, high-security prisons, um, first for the corrections officers and staff and then eventually, as the projects evolved, um, we got the opportunity to perform for inmates. And right. Now we're performing it in public settings, like Michigan State uh, University, um, to open up what we think to be really important critical dialogue with the general public about our correction system and criminal justice system and its impact on those who work within it, but also those who've been touched by it um, at various levels, from inmates to family members uh, Even, even lawyers and counselors.
0: It's definitely an important topic. So what drew you to start this organization?
1: Well, I studied classics in college um, at a liberal arts college in Ohio called Kenyon College and always believed that these Greek plays that I was translating from Greek had a wider audience than those few of us who got the privilege of studying them. And um, I started... So translating these Greek plays as a student, but then um, after finishing college, started directing my own translations of these Greek plays. And when I discovered there wasn't much of an audience for them, I started seeking an audience. And I started um, in hospitals, and hospitals led to the military, and military led to prison, and prison led to addiction, and our list goes on and on now. We have 25 projects that all emerged out of this central idea that when people see their own struggles reflected in an ancient story, uh, it opens them up and helps them to see they're not alone, not just in their communities, um, but across time. And uh, especially with the projects that we deal with that deal with mental health, that's a really important message um, to be conveying to people, that many of these struggles are as old as humanity itself. Um, that's what drew me to it. And once I had a taste for starting discussions that felt like they were actually moving the needle socially around issues that are hard to address, um, I never had any desire to go back to the commercial theater or any aspirations to do anything other than what we're doing now.
0: I definitely think it's important to find meaning in your work. And this projects definitely do have meaning because they are able to allow people to talk about the problems that they have.
1: Absolutely. I mean, also, we work with some of the best actors on the planet. So we're bringing uh, Sonia Sohn and um, Deirdre Lovejoy, both from The Wire, and uh, Linda Powell is a Broadway actor, to Michigan State. We have about 200 actors in our company, and most of them are very well-known and um, you know, are excited to participate and
2: do something with
1: their craft that feels like it's making a difference. Um, so in, in, in the sort of commercial aspect of both theater and also film and television, it's it's often rare to feel like you're doing something that's, that's making a difference in a direct way. So actors are drawn to our work because of that sense of purpose. Um, and also I think it's really validating for audiences who are struggling with some of these issues to see such, such talent, such powerful performances um, kind of reflecting the reality of the struggle back to them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And... So with Prometheus in prison here, you want to talk a little bit about what people can expect when they go to the show.
1: Sure, I mean our the format is actually probably worth talking about. It's um, so our 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 projects are all based on a, uh, the same basic format, which is that we do a reading from an ancient play, um, that lasts about forty minutes, forty five minutes, and as soon as that's over, we're going to invite four members of the community, five members of this community, excuse me, in in Michigan, uh, in East Lansing, who've been touched in some way by crim- the criminal justice system. We have two formerly incarcerated people, a person who's a warden at a prison, law enforcement, family members. Um, they're going to respond from their hearts and their guts to what they heard and saw in this ancient myth and this ancient play that spoke to their own experiences across time. And then as soon as they're done with their brief opening remarks, then I and my fellow um, co-facilitator, his name is Dominic DuPont, um, who recently finished an over-20-year prison sentence himself, Uh, he and I are going to go back to the audience and we're going to ask the audience a series of questions. And the questions sound like they're about to play, Prometheus Bound, but in fact um, they're really about what's happening in the room at the present moment. And um, people use the play as a point of departure for sharing their stories and their perspectives and their truths. And Dominic and I try to find a way to sort of validate all perspectives, uh, even if they're oppositional, uh, even if we don't agree with them. Um, so after the community panelists respond, then the discussion happens, and the discussion with the audience is, in fact, the main event. And so when people come, we encourage them to think of it as such, which is to say, um, there's very few places in our culture right now where people from all sides of an issue can come together and in a civil, empathetic way, engage a- about difficult subjects like criminal justice and criminal justice reform, um, but that's their objective of, of Theater of War Productions and this particular project.
0: Yeah, I think it's a wonderful thing that you were doing, but how do you phrase those questions so that people will respond in a way? Because <laughs> I feel we like that can be difficult.
1: Play, yeah, we don't interpret the play for the audience. We ask questions that ask the audience to interpret it for us and for each other. Um, you know, our main value as a company is that the audience that has skin in the game um, has more to teach us than we did teach them. And as Americans, we have a lot of skin in the game when it comes to corrections and the criminal justice um, and a lot of work to do. So um, we have a lot to learn from audiences. Um, and many people have been touched by the system and have a lot to teach us about what it's like. So, um, you know, one of the most common questions that we ask is, in spite of the distance of culture and time, in spite of the fact that this ancient Greek play, Prometheus Bound, was written over 2,500 years ago, um, what spoke to you is truthful tonight? What resonated with your own experiences? And that just sort of starts off the conversation from this interpretive place where the audience is the translator, where the audience is the expert. We're not putting panelists on stage to tell the audience what to think. We're just trying to open up a democratic conversation.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good way to start that. Um, But what do you do with all of these stories once you've, you know, heard the audience reflection? Do you apply them to your own life? Like, what do you do with them?
1: Well, certainly, I mean, it's sort of like an oral tradition, what we do. So we carry with us the next performance things we heard in East Lansing, and we share them there. And um, there are certain things that get distilled over time, and they change the questions we ask based on what we learn from audiences. So it's a reflexive process. Even for the actors, you know, a line that they think is insignificant, um, that they might have tossed off as as something unimportant um, in the moment, uh, an audience member could tell them or say out loud that it was something that unlocked something for them that was very important and personal, and the uh, the actor will never say the same line the same way again. And the same is for us as facilitators. But also, I you know we we have I wrote a book called The Theater of War: What Ancient Greek Tragedies Can Teach Us Today, uh, published by Knopf, and. Um, in that book, there's a whole section on this particular project, Prometheus in Prison, which we premiered in a supermax prison in Missouri, but also took all over the world, um, and ultimately to the detention camps in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, where we performed for the uh-huh. corrections officers and the uh, Marines and CIA and FBI uh, down in Guantanamo Bay and um, you know, so I recount, I recount many of those stories of people working inside but also living inside this system, um, recounting uh, and telling their stories of, kind of moral distress uh, and, and relating them to the, story, the ancient story of Prometheus.
0: So you draw a huge point that it is a oral play and it's something that you pass along like it was way back then. Um, how do you gain people to come to these sort of things when it's something that's not traditionally done anymore? Well,
1: Well, I think we're hungry as a culture, uh, you know, for opportunities to actually engage each other uh, in a way that doesn't, you know, isn't mediated by our devices or apps or um, technology and to sit in a room together for two hours and ask fundamental humanistic questions and and grapple with the, the, the real life application and consequences of our decisions and our policy um via an ancient play that gives us hopefully some long view and perspective on the issues we 're trying to, to discuss I mean that 's sort of the goal, and um you know we do it by inviting really excellent well known actors to participate so some people may come to see the actors and think oh i 'm come to see this the actors yeah. on the wire perform this ancient play, but then be pleasantly surprised when they realize that actually the main performance the real event where people take the most risk and where some of the most profound things get said or is actually in the audience itself during the discussion. I think in most cultural settings, discussions feel at best like afterthoughts.
0: Um, Sadly.
1: I I even saw at the Wharton Center, they're referred to as chat backs. Um, You know, to me, it's, it's, you know, it's critical that people who are coming to this event um, understand that it's one thing. Uh, It's a discussion that wouldn't have happened had we not performed the play, and everything is in service of having the kind of discussion, the kind of engaged uh, civic dialogue that I think so many of us are missing in our culture right now that we so desperately need.
0: It's definitely encouraging to see that there are spaces that people can talk about, the things that are going on, and you guys do provide that. But can you give an example of, like, one of the best stories or best like most surprising thing you've heard at one of these performances and discussions?
1: Well, I've heard so many things, um, and from so many perspectives. We've heard from corrections officers who've said things like, um, when I ask, have you ever met a Prometheus, uh, you know, a prisoner who, um, you know, uh, is recalcitrant, and angry, perhaps self-righteous, and uh, has reason to be, and you have to deal with that. And um, many corrections officers say, well, I'm Prometheus. Um, I'm the one who's criminalized before I even tell my story. In the eyes of the media, uh, every story about corrections officers starts with a sort of tainted perspective. And um, we feel so isolated that we can't even discuss the sort of things that we deal with every day with even our families. Um, that sense of isolation isn't, you know the sole domain of people who work in isol- in prison. Of course, we've had many people who've been incarcerated talk about how they relate to the play and in the play there are characters who seemingly, I don't know, almost serendipitously map on to many of the different roles and characters one might meet inside a prison, even though there was no such thing as a industrial prison in the ancient world. And uh, these roles uh, are highly recognizable to people who've been on the inside. So one of the first scenes takes place between several characters who are locking Prometheus away, or Promethea in in this case. We have an all-female cast. And and some of the characters are deeply sympathetic, um, perhaps empathetic, um, and some are cold and detached and even sort of hurtful and hateful. And um, we've had a lot of people who've been inside talk about how they've met and engaged with both types of people on a regular basis. And that, in fact, for everyone inside prison, the experience of being in prison or jail or detention is dehumanizing, not just those who are incarcerated, but those who work there as well. So part of the purpose of Doing this exercise in all of the different correctional settings we performed in is to help people re-engage with their humanity, whether they're prisoners or inmates or they work inside. But also, you know, since we as Americans are complicit in a system that has more people uh, incarcerated than the next five countries combined in size, um, you know, to help engage ordinary Americans in understanding that we're part of this too. And, um, one of the things that Dominic, who, you know, is really remarkable cause he did 20 years, Dominic Dupont, yeah. um, he'll talk about often is the fact that there are many people on the outside who live in all kinds of internal prisons, whether those are prisons of addiction or habit or, um, sort of narrowness of perspective, um, economic prisons, um, religious prisons. And there are some people on the inside who are liberated, uh, who live in a way that that gain a kind of perspective. And so one of the reasons that I've engaged him and we've hired him as a full-time employee of our company is because he can speak from direct personal experience to um, the tension between being incarcerated on the outside and being incarcerated on the inside.
0: That's definitely a very good point because people just only think of generally about actually being incarcerated. They don't think of the other things that are binding them. That's um, right. But you do bring up a good point about our system that we do have and how do you involve politics in a way that is a good environment because it is generally pretty a heated discussion when you talk about politics in general, but some of the aspects you bring up are politically based.
1: Yeah, I mean, so when we perform, for instance, in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba – For all the staff there, we had a really powerful open conversation that touched upon almost every perspective—the perspective that of the Marine who sees the the person who's been detained as the enemy, Um, the JAG lawyer who sees it as a moral obligation to give that detainee uh, due process and fair trial, and. Those are opposing perspectives and objectives and viewpoints that we don't have to reconcile but are reflected in some of the different characters in the play. So in the end of the day, by using the play as the catalyst for the discussion, people are far less defensive because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we've just been talking about a play. And the play gives us enough distance and, and also helps us to see the roles we're playing uh, and the identities that we hold fast to. Um, in a way that I think allows for and permits the kind of dialogue that, say, many of our news shows don't these days. Yes. Um, And we also purposely and consciously curate audiences that have many, many perspectives. And um, I think as facilitators, Dominic and I hold fast to the belief that our main objective is to find a way to validate everything that gets said in the room um, and to find the sort of kernel or the the perspective within each statement that should be acknowledged even if it's not something everyone agrees with in the room.
0: Yeah, for sure. What is your hope with this project, especially coming to Michigan State?
1: Well, I mean, our hope is to take it out into more and more public settings and to um, engage a wider swath of the American public uh, to bring these issues to light and to make sure that when we're talking about criminal justice and corrections, We have the perspectives of those who've actually, their lives have been affected by criminal justice and by corrections in the room. So we're not having an abstract policy discussion. Uh, We're having a discussion that's rooted in human suffering and consequences that can be felt uh, in the sort of present tense. And to me, that's what theater affords us. You know, we can have a rigorous intellectual debate and discussion, but also simultaneously be connected to and engaged with uh, our emotions uh, in a way that I think uh, and hope is ultimately healthy and reflects a sort of healthy society that I'd like to live in.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much. I do appreciate everything you've talked about. I know you said you only have like about 15-ish minutes here.
1: Yeah, I've got to run, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: okay, but I really am looking forward to going to this and seeing how you guys bring all perspectives together and that we all get to celebrate our humanity by listening to some classic literature.
1: Oh, thanks so much. Well, thanks for the opportunity and for helping us get the word out. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, no problem. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay,
1: you too. All right, take care.
0: Yep. So, wow, that was very interesting. It's so cool to see in our culture that there are people that are pushing for us to have open and honest discussion because that is something that is limited, especially when it's reflecting upon yourself. People don't like to talk about themselves, especially in their suffering. Um, and when it comes to such heated, heated topics of debate, like anything that's semi-political, our world has just really shut that down. So it's great to see that there are opportunities for us to talk about things that are going on and our point of views in a safe perspective. And that's exactly what they're doing at the Theater of War Productions, through their Prometheus in prison. Up next, we get the opportunity to talk to Dominic Dupoint, who, which Brian talked about, is going to be one of the other facilitators with Brian at this event at the war inn. So we're waiting on a call from Dominic, and should be here any minute. He's going to talk about the Prometheus in prison and his contribution to it. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Great, great. Well, thank you for taking some time to talk to me about your contribution to um, the Prometheus in prison here.
2: Thank you. No, thank you for having us.
0: Yeah. So, um, do you mind talking about how your time in prison helped you become a community member and a part of the Prometheus in prison project?
2: So, uh, I think... The, you know, my prison experience and how that was helpful um, with the Prometheus in Prison project is that it gave me the ability to uh, really tap into some of the things that go on in prison and 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 really a lot of what goes on in prison and and in Prometheus and in that. that you know it's just really hard to download sometimes I mean the the components of control and 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 fear that and the challenges that I have specifically experienced in prison and and how that transcends
0: Definitely, do find it inspiring that you were able to talk about these sort of things, and that you get to sh- give perspective to us that do not understand that. Um, but with that, so you will get to talk about, um, just kind of jumpstart the discussion. So, how do you get to go about doing that for Wednesday?
2: So, so how do we go about getting the conversation jumpstarted for Wednesday? Yeah. I think the the best way to kind of get it jump started is is to speak about some of my experiences and I think that the way that um we could kind of like, you know, get a head start of the conversation on Wednesday is is to um speak from the perspective of how what happens in the play and what happens in a reading transcends amongst time and and how it rings true to a lot of what we experience today and understanding that this play was written, you know, over 2,500 years ago in, in the city of Athens and Greece and and just how some of those same challenges are present and relevant today just blows my mind. I, I, I'm really uh, just struck um, with this idea that um, are we getting to a place where we're healing? Are we getting to a place where we're moving on? Or or is this thing just a cycle that continues to, to, to circle from in prison into the community? And, and how do we take a look at that and, and look at some of the real issues and change the narrative?
0: I think it's important to look at things as a way to grow so when we get to read or, you know, have various things that affect our lives that we get to grow and move on from them and i think
2: absolutely. that's a wonderful absolutely i mean i think i think that that's really really important that we that we understand that what we experience is our reality at at that time and that and that we have to grow from it we have to learn from it we have to identify those situations and circumstances as teachable moments in our lives and still try to find some way to heal so yeah no i i, I couldn't agree with you more
0: so um how did you you talked about how you kind of related to this place specifically. But how do you remain positive in those situations? Because like 20 years is a long time. And it just blows my mind like I feel like I would just, you know, break down all of the time. I don't know if I could handle it. So, how did you remain positive yeah, in that so situation? I, I
2: think the way that I remained positive was remaining hopeful. I think a huge part of my story um centers around this concept that I won't be defined by my geographical location. My way of rebelling against the system was to not let it break me, and to uh, understand that I could help people right from where I'm at, and that, and that that, albeit that that would be very difficult, right? I'm in a the second biggest maximum correctional facility in all of New York State, where they house yeah. over 2,000 men who are, who are also serving life sentences. A tremendous amount of those men. And I start my sentence at the tender age of 19 and walk into this prison thinking to myself that I will not make it out of here. But what I also understood was that I didn't have to be defined by that one worst moment in my life. And that if I was going to make an impact, if I was going to affect people's lives in a very positive way, that I had to find ways to be actively involved in the arts and in positive programming. And for me, That was the catalyst. That was the opportunity for me to um, connect with my peers and help them change the way that they think so that their behavior can change. And to be very candid with you, that right there is what gave me hope, understanding that in the the worst circumstances and situations that a person can have and have to deal with, they could change the way that they think that they can become better right where they're at. And for me... The concept of my prison experience was that prison wasn't gonna make me bitter it was gonna make me better
0: Wow that's truly amazing because we do get to affect everyone's lives around us you know I think people take that very lightly like they don't really think about it but we affect every person we interact with in some way or another whether it's just you know a small little thing
2: true no that's true how we affect them I think yeah. is something that I gave great thought about and how I handle those situations when I may be affected negatively is something that I also had to process, right? I mean, yeah. you know, the, the facts are the facts. You know, I was serving a life sentence in a maximum security prison, so not every situation was, you know, smooth and clean. It was, you know, there was things that I had to to deal with and look at from the perspective of, you know, being someone who was, you know, in prison, but... The, the the benefit for me was you know, that I wanted to work really hard to affect more people positively despite any negative interactions that I may have had and th- thankfully throughout my sentence I was able to find ways to connect with security staff and civilian staff, my peers and I think the goal was that we all have this common denominator called humanity and that if I could try to understand a perspective of why a correction officer might be so upset or why some of my peers might be so upset. Um much like the anger and some of the fear and challenges that happens in the play. Um, I, I I think we all win if we if we figure that out and or work to
0: figure it out. And and that was my experience. Yeah, I wish more people had that perspective but that's, I guess we'll slowly work on it through these discussions.
2: Absolutely. I mean, this, this is the forum The Theater of War, for me, is and, and the work that we do across the country is, is the place that we need to be to continue to connect with people in the community, like you said, to, so that we can, we can help people realize that there is hope, no matter what the situation is.
0: So how did you first get involved with the Theater of War?
2: Thank you. That's a really good question. So I am the nephew of Michael Kenneth Williams, known for some of his major roles like The Wire. His, his character mm-hmm. was Omar Little on the Wire and Chalky uh, White and Boardwalk Empire. And um, Michael has been very supportive throughout my uh, incarceration. He's used his platform to create a documentary called Raising the System, which I was featured in, and Theater of War uh, reached out to uh, Michael's management team to bring him in to do a reading at Rikers Island Correctional Facility for two specialized units. One was the Veterans Unit, and one was the Mental Health Unit, and when I heard about this, I had just been home, I don't know, maybe six weeks, and I said to Michael when this came about, look, you know, I just spent 21 years in prison. I haven't been to Rikers Island in 20 of those years. I know that things have changed, but I'd like to go with you, and I'd like to speak about my experiences. And Theater of War was successful with getting me clearance to go on to Rikers Island. I ultimately uh, had an opportunity to speak to the men there and speak about my challenges, and I think Brian was really impressed with the Um, my ability to connect with the men in a room and to be very gracious and be very humble to be in their space. And he said, you know, listen, Dominic, we do free performances. You know, would you like to come to some of the performances? And I ultimately, you know, took advantage of the opportunity to attend these performances and realized that what was happening in the room was amazing. And I wanted to be part of it. And that, ultimately grew into um, me doing a lot of work with grassroots community-based organizations through Michael and I's foundation called MKW, which stands for Making Kids Win, and grew into this opportunity for me to be a community liaison uh, person who would work with community-based organizations and law enforcement to bring our performances to them. And that I've been, you know, I just recently, I'm a recent new hire, but it's really been an honor and a privilege to work with Brian and the team to successfully engage, vividly engage our community in a way to provide these performances and and create a safe space, particularly from someone, we do a lot of performances in underserved communities, jails, prisons, homeless shelters, almost all of those groups of people have had some contact with law enforcement or criminal justice involvement, Brian ultimately said, Dominic, I think you would be a huge asset to the company if you would come on board. And I was happy to um, be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I think you definitely add a beneficial part of this because people, like I said earlier, do not understand what it is like to be in your shoes. And most people wouldn't want to be. But I think you bride provide a specific perspective which allows us to be more empathetic towards each other and see the humanity in everyone, which is so amazing. Thank you. Um, but you talked that you were just like what six weeks out before you went back and joined. Um, you started with the Prometheus in prison and the um theater of war production. What was it like going back? Because you had just gotten out. It probably was a weird transition being yeah, out you know, and then to I, go back. You know,
2: I wasn't even even to this day so on February 22nd I made 13 months out of prison after spending some of my teens in prison, all of my 20s, all of my 30s yeah. and starting on my 40s prior to receiving the unique privilege something I identify as mercy um and getting clemency from Governor Cuomo, the governor of the state of New York. Yeah. And it was it was a huge privilege. I always knew that that I wanted to go back in and remind my peers that there was hope and that you don't have to feel hopeless. That every day is an opportunity to to do better in life, to do better for yourself, to to recognize that you can you can be an asset to your community and not a liability, so my intentions from day one prior to me receiving clemency was always to go back and to to extend that olive branch and to to be an example of someone who would continue to be a mentor and to motivate people, so it was always you know um just in my mind to go back with regard to how it felt. you know what it felt a little. You know, it was it was a little intense. It was a little different. You know, I hadn't been to Rikers Island in 21 years, and when I had first went there as a teenager, it was you know it was pretty traumatic. A lot of a lot of you know trauma. There was a lot of mm-hmm. things going on where you know people were you know being robbed and assaulted, and you know and things. things you know, prison wasn't nice. You know, there wasn't cameras like that back then. And, you know, prison has totally evolved. But one of the things that um, I'm always happy to do is to go back. So now, um, since that experience, I've been back to Rikers Island three times. I've been to six other prisons um, promoting um, theater of war and our documentary Raised in the System. And it's interesting because I was telling the Commission of Corrections at an event that I went to last month, That I've been to more prisons, sir. When I was in prison, (laughs) since I've been out of prison, so now that I'm out, I've 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 been to more prisons since I've been out than when I was in. When I was inside, I only been to two prisons, three prisons. I'm out now. I've been to nine prisons in 13 months, and uh, you know, so it's important for me to continue to 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 go back in, to speak to the men and women who are serving sentences, and just let them know that there's hope on their side.
0: Yeah, so how would you encourage um, normal community members to help support what you guys are doing but also be more empathetic towards people that have been incarcerated?
2: Yeah, so I I guess, you know, one, thank you, that's a great question. I think the first thing I would do to encourage people to, um, you know, support the work that we're doing is is to, to be involved You know, Benjamin Franklin said, how you act speaks louder than how you speak. Get involved, um, you know, come to the performances, you know, be willing to, you know, have a conversation about why people from marginalized communities make bad choices. Be willing to have a conversation about why poverty is not a crime. Be willing to have a conversation about why, you know, people who come from marginalized communities End up in places like this where they make bad decisions it might have something to do with the fact that they are unemployed they are uneducated the education system they don't have health care some of them are having problems with housing employment um, that you, you add those few things and you put them in a pot and you mix them around and you'll start to see that that's a recipe for disaster. But what mm-hmm. I also think is important is that we try to figure out that why in the United States, the most civilized country on the planet, the the, the, the place of the, of the of, you know, where everybody comes to accomplish their dreams and their hopes, that we spend $80 billion, $80 billion on a prison system. Why do we spend 3 billion dollars in New York to house 54,000 people? I mean, I you know, I, I'm just saying, I mean, listen, if I want people to be encouraged, but I also want them to know that we have to this this affects everybody and mm. if and if we're going to be, you know, encouraged to get some things done, then I think that we should try to like, take a look at spending less money in prison. Um, and spending more money on services on 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 helping people who are having problems, you know maintaining that you know getting an income so that they can provide a place for their family so that they can provide a meal for their for themselves and for their family. So I would encourage them to get involved, and I would encourage people to come to more performances and look at some of the real issues that fuel school-to-prison pipeline, if if we take a look at some of those issues, then I think that we can see that we, as civilians and voters, can require that we do better, and Mm -hmm. I I think that's how we do it. I think we inform people, we invite them to more performances, and we continue to push the envelope.
0: So you talked about services. What type of services would you encourage?
2: So I I think I would talk about some of the basic services, like making sure that um, employment is there for people who graduate out of high school, that if they're having challenges from trauma because they live in a community where they have way too much access to firearms and they're seeing young people get killed or get assaulted or be involved in gangs, that we provide some counseling services for that, that we find things for young people to do, that we use arts as a platform to channel trauma. I think these are the type of things that we, that we need to put in place. I think these are the type of things that we need to put in place so that we can ultimately um, solve some of the challenges that are happening in our community.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what do you hope to get out of this performance here at Michigan State?
2: So I think what we hope to do is to connect with the amazing young students at the school. We don't want to put a bow on this conversation. We want to continue it. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we continue to um, put the word out there at these universities and connect with, um, the amazing people in Michigan. That this continued, this conversation is really a conversation for communities all around the country. And if we can spearhead this conversation through this specific um, play, then and reading, then I think that we are in a very good place. I think that we're making some steps in the right direction, and I think that there's so much, so much more that can be gathered from uh seeing this performance and seeing how people channel their pain and their trauma and you know I I I think that Michigan and the, and the people at at the university would really get an opportunity to see that there's more that we can do and 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 I'm positive that um as we continue this conversation that people in Michigan will see that we can start to do what needs to be done right there
0: yeah besides um being able to talk to a variety of people what has been the best part of working with the theater of war production
2: oh my god so i mean there there's so many beautiful things that um i'm just happy to be outside of talking to different people i mean you know th- that this company is a small company it's been around for a little bit over 10 years and it's just like family there so so that's that's really huge for me and you know, i've lost family members while i was in prison mm-hmm. my mother my grandmother and the the goal the goal to just um be able to connect with um all of the people there for me it's, it's, it's just been really honoring, and uh, outside of that, you know, the the, the opportunity to travel and to meet different people and just to connect with people who have skin in the game and understand, you know, what the, what the call to action is, for me, has been just really great.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for talking to us. This was incredible to hear your perspective because you're doing such great work, and it's cool. um, it's great. Um, um,
2: no, thank you, thank you. And I'm super, super excited to be able to have this conversation and to be able to see you guys um, uh, shortly.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to Wednesday, and hopefully that you know lots of students will come and we'll have a wonderful discussion while Absolutely. you guys are there.
2: Absolutely, no, we we're really we're really excited and we're really looking forward to it. So no, thank you.
0: Yeah, no, thanks for coming on and keep doing the good work. Thank you. Yep. Have a good day. All right, you too. Yep. Wow. So that was really interesting to hear from both Brian and Dominic about what they are doing through the Theater of War productions, specifically the project Prometheus in Prison. It's amazing that they get to lead this discussion after watching some literature performed. So if you're interested, go to the War Inn on Wednesday, February 27. This is going to take place at 7.30 p.m. Get your tickets online through whartoncenter.com. Other than that, I am so grateful for the opportunity to talk to these people, and I hope you guys have fun if you are going. Thanks.